Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. podcast where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesotan accents. Oh, golly gee. Oh, yeah. I am getting hooded up. Amanda's getting cozy. I'm also wearing a hoodie, but my hair might be too big to wear the hood over it. My messy bun might be too large. Oh, God. You got a big bun. You have a cumbersome (laughs) bun. A cummerbund. I do have a cummerbund. I have a cummerbund. <laughs> I'm Kenyon with the big I'm, hair. I'm Lucy with the thinnest hair on the planet. I'm exhausted. <laughs> and I'm Amanda. And my hair's mostly not mine. <laughs> There's the checklist. She's check, absconded check, check. with a stranger's hair. <laughs> also, I have set a Skype background that you folks on Patreon can't see, but I'm basically inside of a winter wonderland drawn in Microsoft Paint. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's from Microsoft Paint. (laughs) It's amazing. from 88. I love it. All right. Well, we have a very special fan-supported gals pick (laughs) episode. So basically, we have our fan picker, Kristen Aponic. Aponic? Did I chance Aponic? I like it. Yes. And this is a fan picker who wanted their own episode, but they couldn't think of a topic. And so they gave us a gal's pick, which we definitely appreciate. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so, Kristen, we have selected the topic of if at first you don't succeed, cry, cry again. Try crime again. Stab, stab again. Yeah. Mm. So basically just, I Googled, guy tried to kill wife multiple times. Oh, wow. I found my uh, case. Mm-hmm. That's Perfect. amazing. I did a totally different approach, and we will get to it. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, should we get right to our wine crime pairing for if at first you don't succeed? Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, I, I have mean, a feeling we're going to need some booze for this episode. <laughs> Lucy is ex- especially enthusiastic because she got to be the gal who does the gal's pick. Why? Was I supposed to look up wine notes? No, I, didn't. I, I did that. I okay, did that. good. I knew what I knew. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I knew. We are drinking today a Lucy favorite love block. Sauvignon Blanc. This is a Marlboro Sauv. It is organic. Mm. It is gorgeous and delicious. Mm-hmm. Love me a Marlboro. Sauvignon oh yeah. Blanc. And this is a true classic Marlboro Sauv. You're going to get that pale straw green and gold color, like hint of green mm-hmm. on the pour. You're going to get complex aromas of you know a floral bouquet on the nose, but with just a hint of pineapple a little guava, and sweet meadow grass. Gotta love mm. a grassy salve. You're hitting all my notes. You're checking all my boxes. You're darn tootin'. And then on the palate, it's nice and rounded. You got some of that pineapple and tropical fruit. But there's a sweet basil edge followed by ripe 
peach on the back mm. of the palate. You got a mm. nice balanced minerality. It's a little a little chalky, but not too chalky. And it's nice and complex. So it's just going to be a stunner. Mm. If you're yeah. wondering what to pair this with over dinner, seafood, mm. pasta, mm. chicken, mm. oysters. Also, you're hitting all my notes. Right. And yeah. this is a question we get all the time, but this one is vegan. This is oh. vegan winemaking. So they are not using any fish sure product is. in the filtration. And it says sustainable wine growing. It is. It's an organic and sustainable vineyard. They are also award winners. They are a four-star wine. They have 94 points on uh, that, like, wine advisor, whatever. Mm -hmm. This is a 13.5% ABV, and I believe it's a crack. Sure is. Oh, God bless. Lucy, do you want to do the honors today? I... Do oh she it do. also is very fitting in the name because if somebody is very persistent you might mm -hmm. want to block love. their love can't block, block my their love, love. <laughs> my my case involves wanting to block some love Lucy also inspired me because in the last episode we recorded which we recorded thirty minutes before this one mm -hmm. um she was working on a coloring sheet and I don't have any coloring sheets but I found online coloring sheets and I found a Color by numbers of a witch over a cauldron. Nice. So I'm going to work on that. I love color by numbers. I'm going to work so on that. mindless. I know. And then I'll, I'll send you a text of the finished product. Please do. Will do. Are we ready for this crack? I yeah. am so ready. I didn't lotion my hands immediately beforehand. So Smork. I'm already crushing it. You're Smork. a pro. Ready? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh. oh, nice oh, crack. She smells nice. Love her. Love that crack. Yeah. Oh, look at that beautiful oh. coloring. Oh, see that I pale green? Yeah, I totally green and gold. see it. Mm -hmm. I need to order that bottle. Silver and gold. I'll send you the link. Thank you. All right. Well, Lucy, since you're doing both this week, you're like Get a single ma'am. Ah. Uh. What, what's our background and maybe psych for if at first you don't succeed, crime, crime again? Crime, crime again. <laughs> when you said a single mom, I was thinking of that musician in Mary Poppins who has like the, like the symbols tied to his feet. Yeah. You know what I'm name? talking about? Yeah, the one man band. It's the, it's the main guy. Mm -hmm. Dick, Van, Dick Dyke. Van Dyke. Mm -hmm. But he has that whole like situation mm -hmm. happening. Yep. yep. I like that. Mm -hmm. I, I'll be that. It's a okay. lot. You can be a one one gal band. You can be that. Holy shit, this is good. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, this might be a, a repeat on my rotation. <laughs> a repeat <Woo>! offender. <laughs> I might be shwasted by the time we finish this because <laughs> this is really good. Okay. <laughs> Bring it. Okay, so I Googled persistent killers mm. and most of the results were like herbicides like weed killers oh my god i love that please tell me that that is what you're going to talk about for the next half hour no pesticides fine well, because i really didn't know what the fuck to research for this topic i am just going to give an overview of who i would consider to be a persistent killer a serial killer oh okay okay 
And we've discussed serial murderers before. We've done Eastern European serial killers. We've done Australian serial killers. Mm -hmm. And one other one. I can't remember. But I don't know if we've just covered, like, serial killers. Sure. You know what? Even if we have... Whatever. There's always more room for serial killers. Mm-hmm. I think so. Mm-hmm. So this is from my boyfriend, Britt, Encyclopedia Britannica. Mm-hmm. Serial murder, also called serial killing, is the unlawful homicide of at least two people carried out by the same person or persons mm. in separate events occurring at different times. And this definition has shifted over time. My case is like the exact opposite of that. So it's multiple attempts. On yeah, the same victim by the same person. I oh. figured that that would be the case for your cases, but mm-hmm. I just like, I don't know how I was mm-hmm. supposed to research that. Mm-hmm. Although this definition is widely accepted, the crime is not formally recognized in any legal code, including mm. that of the United States. So That's you won't you won't see in any like legislation like laws the term serial killer. Yeah, you can't be mm-hmm. charged with serial serial killer. You're just. Yeah. Charged with murder multiple, multiple times. Mur- yep. Yeah. So the, the, the term serial killer is more for like a profiling, like a, on the behavioral side. Mm-hmm. Serial murder is distinguished from mass murder in which several victims are murdered at the same time and place. Mm-hmm. The term serial murder was popularized in the 1970s by Robert Ressler, an investigator with the behavioral science unit of the FBI. Hello, Mindhunter on Netflix. Oh, yeah. I might need to do a rewatch because who knows if it's ever coming back. It's not. It's not. No, that's been canceled for a while. They Probably did two because seasons. I don't yeah. think it was canceled. I or think was it the renewed? Di- yeah, I think the director was like, I'm too cool for this and I can I'm doing other things now well that's not fair they hardly even got to the good shit I think they just found out that it made me really horny horny (laughs) (laughs) horny it's because the main guy is so cute it had big no she liked Edward Kemper yeah Kemper that's who turned her on that's a I have to go. It's not a good situation for anybody. <laughs> Amanda personally wrote to the director and begged him like, or her to stop. Stop. I can't <laughs> do this anymore. I'm My constantly partner aroused. Can't take it. <laughs> Ish. Poor Bill. So the FBI originally defined serial murder as involving at least four events that take place at different locations and are separated by a cooling off period. Mm. In most definitions now, however, the number of events has been reduced to two. And even the FBI lowered the number of events to three in the 1990s. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of it's it's gone down over time. Two feels. Yeah, too small. Too small for me. uh, It's two now. I know. I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you think of cereal, mm-hmm. the word cereal is just more than one. So. Yeah, but you don't really think of things as like serialized until there's three, I think. Otherwise, it's just a sequel. Mm. Well, we'll we'll kind of get to more of the what qualifies a serial okay. killer down the road. The FBI's definition has been faulted because it excludes individuals who commit two murders and are arrested before they can commit more 
and individuals who commit most of their murders in a single location. Mm. Such Mm. criticisms, like Kenyon's criticisms, have led many scholars worldwide to adopt the definition put forward by the National Institute of Justice, which is an agency of the U.S. Department of Justice, according to which serial murder involves at least two different murders that occur, quote, over a period of time ranging from hours to years. So I get I get your point, like two you commit two murders and say they're like 15 years apart. Does that really make you a serial killer? Yeah. Technically, yes. I think there should be I think there should be a repeat like you could have there should be a definition of like a repeat killer. You know, like some people I think are like pretty opportunistic or like they will concoct reasons in their mind to like kill person A and then like years later a different scenario that is also like inconvenient to them and they'll concoct a scenario in their head to like kill person B. Mm -hmm. But that's a little bit different than like a Ted Bundy who is like kills for some pathological need, cools off, needs to kill again, the crimes escalate. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. I'm a criminologist now. I am a... There you go. That's a freebie. You Can did you it. Repeat Thank killer you. versus serial killer. Nailed it. I appreciate all of the work and studying and dedication yes. that you've put into your craft. Years. Truly admirable. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just Thank it's you all for the your science. For it's a gift. Service I, to the I community. It's a gift. And to science. Mm-hmm. Capital S. It's a gift. I don't know. It's, just, it's a gift. <laughs> Criminologists have distinguished between classic serial murder, which usually involves stalking and is often mm. sexually motivated, and spree serial murder, mm-hmm. which is usually motivated by thrill-seeking. Mm-hmm. Although some serial murders have been committed for profit, most lack an obvious rational motive, a fact that distinguishes them from political assassinations and terrorism and from professional murders committed by professional murderers. Mm. Mm-hmm. Serial murderers are assumed to kill for motives such as sexual compulsion or even recreation. In many cases, the killings are thought to give murderers a feeling of power, control, which may or may not be sexual in nature over their victims. Mm-hmm. I also think that because most murderers in general are male and uh, well, a lot of victims of serial killers are female, mm-hmm. then that element of control, whether or not it's like personal or like socially sort of enforced, culturally enforced. Misogyny. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, duh. Mm-hmm. Like, just duh. Okay. Serial killings account for no more than 1% of all murders committed in the United States. Based on recent FBI crime statistics, there are approximately 15,000 murders annually. That's a lot. It's a lot. So that means that there are no more than 150 victims of serial murder in the U.S. in any given year. Obviously, that's an average Mm -hmm. uh, from what we know. Sure. Mm -hmm. The FBI estimates that there are between 25 and 50 serial killers operating throughout the U.S. at any given. Sir. Cool, 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 cool. Your murders. Sir, yeah. Mm-hmm. So here are some myths about serial killers from psychology today and how to dispel them. So the myth, serial killers are all dysfunctional loners, 
But the truth is, the majority of serial killers are not reclusive social misfits who live alone. They are not monsters and may not appear strange at all. Many serial killers hide in plain sight within their communities. Like BTK. Yeah. yeah. Golden State Killer. Yeah. Like Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy. Yeah. yeah. All the big ones. Yeah. Myth. Serial killers are all white males. Contrary to popular belief, serial killers span all racial groups and many are female. So it's not all just white dudes. Well, not mm-hmm. all white dudes, but it does feel like there's a lot. A lot. Disproportionately, like, yeah. I'm going to say. Yes. I would also argue that like the way that we learn about them, the things that are kind of propagated by the media are those cases where they're like your average white guy neighbor because that's mm-hmm. the creepiest part, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, uh, we also have to kind of weigh our perceptions of serial killers mm-hmm. in contemporary c- culture. Sure. So, yeah. So a myth, another myth, serial killers are only motivated by sex. There are other motivations for serial murders, including anger, thrill, financial gain, and attention seeking, Mm -hmm. which the financial gain, again, would sort of point away from the having no rational motive. Mm -hmm. But then there are some, there's like a line, and I mean, who knows exactly where it is, but it's like that woman who would like lure Potential husbands. husbands yeah. And then, like, knock them off. And, like, yeah, she got some insurance money from them and whatever money they brought with them. But mm-hmm. she also was getting Into a kick it. out of it. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So, I mean, all Versus, of those like, things a could be true. Who is, like, following orders to yeah. kill for, yeah. for a boss. And, all, I mean, all of those things can be true in one given murder anger thrill financial gain and attention seeking mm-hmm. and those are just a few examples mm-hmm. okay another myth all serial murderers travel and operate interstate when in fact most serial killers have a very defined geographic area of operation mm. another myth mm-hmm. serial killers can't stop killing there are some serial killers who stop murdering altogether before being mm-hmm. caught there are also cases of them, like, killing themselves. Sure. What am I trying to say? Not completely. Dying by suicide. Dying by suicide. Thank you. Another myth. All serial killers are insane or evil geniuses. We know mm. that's not true. As a group, serial killers suffer from a variety of personality disorders, including psychopathy, antisocial personality, and others. Most, however, are not adjudicated as insane under the law. Like other populations, however, serial killers range in intelligence from borderline to above average levels. They're all mm. over the place. Mm-hmm. Another myth, serial killers want to get caught. As serial killers continue to offend without being captured, they can feel empowered, feeling that they will never be identified. As the series continues, the killer or killers may begin to take shortcuts when committing their crimes. This often causes the killers to take more chances, leading to identification by law enforcement. It's not that the killers want to get caught. It's that they feel that they can't get caught, and that leads to laziness, and that leads to being caught. Mm. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just like with anything. Like, you get used to it, so you're going to just kind of tune out while you do it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So here's a little bit of history again from my boyfriend, Britt. One of the earliest documented cases involved Locusta, a Roman woman hired by uh, Agrippina the Younger, who was the mother of Nero, 
Roman emperor. Oh, Nero. yeah. We mm-hmm. talked about that earlier. A little bit. Yeah. So she was hired to poison several members of the imperial family. Locusta was executed in the year 69. Serial murders also were documented in medieval England, Germany, Hungary, and Italy. The French baron Gilles de Roy. Gilles don't say. (laughs) (laughs) Who is, is the likely model of the character Bluebeard was executed in the 15th century for the murder of more than a hundred children, which Ooh. sounds a little suspicious to me. Like, yeah. that's probably some rumor folklore. Yeah. Uh, it's a nice round number. Right. And also a huge number. Yeah, it's yeah. big. Yeah. Although it is likely that the serial murder, that serial murder in Asia and other parts of the world has a similarly long history documentary evidence of early examples is scarce and controversial, such Mm -hmm. as the 100 children. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The known incidents of serial murder increased dramatically in the early 19th century, particularly in Europe, though this development has been attributed to advances in law enforcement techniques and increased news coverage rather than to the act, an actual rise in the number of occurrences, which makes sense. Of course, there have been serial killers like, Right. Everywhere Forever. throughout his since yeah, humanity it was just a existed, a lot easier to get away with it. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> the good old days, mm-hmm. right? Serial murderers of the early 19th century included a German woman who poisoned more than a dozen people, an Irish-born William Burke and William Hare who killed at least 15 people in Scotland in the 1920s, and an Austrian woman who reportedly fed children to her family. Okay, well, I love her. Duh. <laughs> The most famous case of serial murder in the 19th century was that of Jack the Ripper, who killed at least five women in London in 1888. Shortly afterward, the United States recorded the comparably dramatic case of Herman Webster Mudgett, a.k.a. H.H. Oh. H. Holmes. Yes. Who confessed, to 20, yes, who confessed to 27 murders and was executed in Philadelphia in 1896. Did Amanda, did you do him as a drunk dive? No, I covered him in the same one where Luke Kenyon did Robert Durst, where they just get away with it for way too long. Mm-hmm. Oh, lucky bastards. Yes, mm-hmm. that's Thar she blows. Mm -hmm. In the 20th century, cases of serial murder received widespread coverage in the widespread coverage in the news media. Some murderers became known by lurid nicknames such as the Boston Strangler. Listen to that podcast. Mm -hmm. Strangler. It's really good. It's so good. Mm -hmm. The Dusseldorf Vampire, the Mm. Monster of Florence and the Killer Clown John Wayne Gacy. I hate that. Their crimes, which both horrified and fascinated the public, raised numerous social and legal issues, such as the tendency of police to be less thorough in murder investigations when the victims were poor or of low social status. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we kind of covered a little, well, we covered the nicknames. Did we have like killer nicknames? Wasn't that an episode? I think we've covered a lot oh, yeah. of the ones that you just listed. I think we've done... Yeah. The Dusseldorf guy. We've definitely talked about John Wayne Gacy if we haven't fully covered him. Did we you tell them about your We have covered him, jar? but we have mentioned him. <gasps> mm-hmm. It's in the other room, but I snagged a fat clown cookie jar. My mom was cleaning out her cabinets. And we used it for cookies in my kitchen when I was, like, young. Oh, so I was like, clown. I want the clown cookie jar. No. And then my sister was like, wow, that is a John Wayne Gacy cookie jar. And I was it's like, really wow, creepy. this is even more appealing to me now. 
now Very I'm ups. horny. Very oh. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> kidding, kidding, kidding. Kenny's horny for clowns. Spread that rumor. <laughs> I heard it too. It must be true. Spread it. Spread it. <laughs> so the last thing I want to talk about is what's called the McDonald triad, which is not I want a cheeseburger, French fries, and a Coke. Mm. That's my McDonald's triad. <laughs> AKA the triad of sociopathy or homicidal triad. So it's a set of three factors the presence of any two of which are considered to be predictive of or associated with violent tendencies, particularly with relation to serial offenses. I have mm. never heard of this. The triad. Are you being sarcastic? No. Oh, good. I also okay. have never heard of this. I was being excited. Okay. I, I know we've, well, whatever. I'll just finish telling you. I wasn't sure if we've talked about this before. I think just because they talk about it on the Mindhunter show, because mm. this theory was first applied by the real life Mindhunter team. Mm. So the oh, okay. The triad links cruelty to animals, mm -hmm. obsession with fire setting, mm. and persistent bedwetting past a certain age, which is called enuresis. Mm -hmm. So it's linking those to violent behaviors, particularly homicidal behavior and sexually predatory behaviors. However, mm. other studies claim to have not found statistically significant links between the triad and violent offenders. So this was really just a theory and also kind of a problematic one because mm -hmm. the bedwetting thing could have multiple causes. And it could be caused on by trauma that is actually the real cause. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It could also be correlated with like your parents or whoever like humiliating you because of it. Mm -hmm. And so that could actually be the cause of your trauma or your, you know, mm -hmm. something linked to sexual predatory behaviors. Mm -hmm. Further studies have suggested that these behaviors, like Kenyon said, are actually more linked to childhood experience of parental neglect, brutality, or abuse. Mm -hmm. Some argue this in turn results in homicidal proneness. So the triad concept as a particular combination of behaviors linked to violence may not have any particular validity it has been called an urban legend, like I said, a semi-problematic one. Mm. You can't just say, you know, my kid wets his bed and he likes to start fires. He is definitely going to be a serial right. killer. Yeah. Well, no. yeah, it's not minority report. Mm -hmm. But it's an interesting theory mm -hmm. yeah. that deserves actual study. And a lot of serial killers, in retrospect, we can... I mean, th mm -hmm. th that's the whole deal with this. They interviewed serial killers and they identified three things that seemed to link them. But we don't know if those behaviors in themselves actually right. made them more prone to violent behaviors or if it was like maybe an effect of those behaviors or those behaviors were a side effect of the actual trauma that contributed to these behaviors, you know. Right. Sure. And you also anyway. can't like design a study where you follow people that as children display these behaviors and then see if they go on to be serial killers. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like that study that it can't exist. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. But it's that interesting would be a to really kind intense of... longitudinal study. Yeah. <laughs> Really intense. And also mm -hmm. these people are fully Don't aware. Don't interfere. We know that they've committed <laughs> one murder. We're just observing for science. 
Yeah, you know, like these people know that they're being studied like every year or right. whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, how many and how many murders did you commit in the last twelve months? <laughs> the yeah. survey each yeah. year yeah. would be. And were a those lot. murders sexually motivated? Yes. Or not. And was there yeah. more than one committed mm. in two different places mm. over a period of time? Mm. And how would you describe your feelings during the cooling off period? Oh dear. <laughs> How dilated were your pupils? (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Maybe we should design this study. I think we just did. We're (laughs) off to a great start. They need us. Anyway, so that's just a little bit of background, albeit of serial killers, which isn't what we're talking about today. But But hey, it's a gal. I had to fill my time with something. I like it. Thanks. Nicely done. I want McDonald's. Well, Me let's too. hear a quick word from our sponsors. Yes, let's. Yeah. Triads. Rothy's Believe Style is about more than just fashion. And that is why everything they make is exceptionally comfortable, totally sustainable, and my favorite thing in the world, totally machine washable. Yes. Praise <gasps> be. Literally. I have very sweaty stinky feet like same it's bad it's i've always had them mm-hmm. it is what it is it's genetic my whole family has it mm-hmm. it's an affliction but my rafis are literally the only shoes that i wear daily that i've been able yep. to keep for more than like eight months mm-hmm. because I just throw them in the washing machine like every couple weeks and they come out brand spanking new. Same with my bag. It turns out I rub up against everything. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <Like> everything? <laughs> yeah. So thank God it's washable. It's amazing. Like I uh, these these flats, I just know that I can like bring them with me on a trip and if mm-hmm. something happens or if like the weather changes or whatever, I can just throw them in the washing machine. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's so it's more sustainable for the environment and it's better on your wallet because mm-hmm. you're not buying new cheapy throwaway shoes every six months. Correct. So a lot of people don't regularly wash their shoes or bags, but Rothy's is here to change that with fully machine washable styles. So you don't have to worry about red wine or chocolate. Spills are no problem for your Rothy's. You just throw them in the washing machine and they come out looking brand new. They are extremely durable and last wash after wash. And in fact, the average pair of Rothy's has walked about a thousand miles. I think I have that beat. Oh, easily. Yeah. Easily. I mean, we were all wearing our Rothy's on tour and we would wash them every single place we stayed that had a washing machine. Mm -hmm. We were walking a ton and washing our shoes at least once a week. Yeah. And they still look brand spanking new. Brand new. They're perfect. They're always perfect. Uh, Mm -hmm. That is like walking a thousand miles is like walking from San Francisco to Denver and then staying Mm -hmm. comfortable with every step. And they are so comfortable. They don't give me blisters. I have really sensitive Mm -hmm. feet. They're just great. So you deserve shoes and bags that can keep up with your busy life. Go sock free in your sneakers and don't sweat stinky clothes in your gym bag because everything Rothy's makes is fully machine washable, fresh and clean in no time. Ugh, I love it. So keep it clean with washable shoes and bags from Rothy's Plus. They just launched men's shoes. <gasps> so make sure to check them out for you or the guy in your life or the neither, the neither, the both. There's shoes for everybody now. 
Head to rothys.com slash gals to find your new favorites today. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash gals, G-A-L-S, and treat your feet. Treat them. So I know that, I know Kenyon's biggest nail issue, and that's just <laughs> not being great at it. Just My hand-eye coordination. <laughs> yeah, the, the eye, the blindness in the eye. <laughs> Uh, for me, it's my like dominant hand. I can make my left hand look gorgeous. I cannot make the right hand look gorgeous. Or I should say, I could not mm-hmm. make the right hand look gorgeous until I got the Olive and June Manny system. And now I have DIY Mannies that look salon perfect. And they last seven or more days without chipping. Yeah. It's amazing. Everyone's always asking me, what salon are you going to? And like sometimes the answer is I am going to the salon, but now most of the time the answer is I'm not going to the salon. I'm doing it at home with Olive and June. Yeah, um, I could never do at home manicures before. Like it was a hot mess. And mm-hmm. honestly, the Olive and June Manny system completely changed that. Mm-hmm. Um, it comes with all the tools that you need in one box. It is so easy. It comes with uh, the poppy which is like this patented brush handle that makes it so easy to paint with both your hands. So like, oh yeah, it really changes. It just changes everything. You're not like shaking. The brush is just more precise. Mm -hmm. It's like weightier in your hand. It's, it's changes the game folks. And it's really affordable. So the Manny system with six polishes breaks down to about $2 a manicure. And I definitely used to spend at least $35 for like one gel manicure plus Mm -hmm. tip. Plus Mm -hmm. just like the time it takes to go to the salon and like make the appointment. Nobody likes to leave their house. It's no fun. And this polish is incredible. So Mm -hmm. it's regular polish, but it seriously feels and looks like gel and it lasts like gel. It's like yeah. shiny. It doesn't chip. It lasted for me w- way longer than a week on my hands. Amazing. And like two full weeks on my petty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just. I've been just bringing, like, I will still on occasion go into the nail salon and I'll bring my own olive and chip nail too. polish and be like, use this. I've please. done that too, but I do, yeah. um, I do it at home as well and it looks so good. Like, literally, my nails have never looked so good and I did it myself. Yeah. It's amazing. If she can do it, you can. And now you can get 20% off your first Manny system with our code GALS. So your new nail life is here. Get that 20% off your first Manny system when you use promo code GALS, G-A-L-S, at oliveandjune.com. Because we are done with expensive bad Mannies. This is the new us now. Treat your nails. Trade them. Are we ready for my case? Never and yes. Not usually. No. Prepare to be enraged. Great. Okay, already there. But also, nobody dies. Oh. Way to bury the lead. Way to soften the blow. (laughs) So, Stacy Jones met Fred Austin Wartman III. Hate that. The third. Uh Uh-huh. Can you imagine there being two Wartmans before you? God. Fred Wartman. At the University of Tennessee. And what do we know about the <gasps> University of Tennessee? Roll That's Tide. That's where Michael went. No, it's not where he went. I will not wear that god-awful orange. It is not my color. Oh, miss. Oh, right. That's why he didn't go to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. 
because his family goes to Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so Fred. <laughs> Kenyon and I watched that. We got, well, we ate some edibles and watched Blindside. And we ate some edibles amazing. and had the Blindside playing on her laptop, sitting in her sister's room while we just sat there and had a side conversation. <laughs> that sounds right. It was the night yeah. you refused to sleep over. Well, yeah, because I have a bed and a home. <laughs> Show off. I know, right? Show off. How dare I? Braggart. <laughs> so, so anyway, they met at University of Tennessee. Go orange. Fred was a handsome, <laughs> charming football player on a team that would go on to win the 1998 NCAA championship, even Why? without Michael. I think but, that's basketball. Oh, NCAA. That's but he okay. played. There's no B in there though, so I don't know. He was a football player. Who? There's yeah. no way to know. There's no way to know. So the two dated through college and got married in 2001, right before Fred began attending law school at the University of Memphis. Mm. Fred eventually became a prominent lawyer in their Tennessee town of Collierville. Mm. His law firm, Cox and Wartman. Oh, my Can't Lord. make it up. How? Why would you choose to make that name even worse? That's a good question. Cox and, and Wartman. Mm-hmm. Specialized in cases dealing with elderly and disabled people. Mm-hmm. He was also very involved in civic affairs in town, serving in appointed positions on multiple boards. Stacy taught preschool for the first several years of their marriage, but quit to become a stay-at-home mom when oh, they began having children. So on paper, everything is very idyllic. They had three kids, two boys and a girl. And for almost 14 years, Stacy believed that all was well in their marriage. I'm basically just picturing that Mary Chapin Carpenter song, He Thinks He'll Keep Her. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. It's a great tune. Fucking banger. <laughs> so, <laughs> but then in April of 2014, Stacy discovered that Fred had been having multiple affairs. Ooh, not good. So she filed for divorce and Fred moved out of the house, but he continued to still see the children regularly. So she didn't try Cut them off completely. No, or, she yeah. wasn't trying for like full custody or anything. It was just like, you're cheating on me. We're getting divorced. Mm-hmm. But like you can see the kids, you know, every other weekend or whatever. Stacy went back to work teaching part time. And for the most part, the split with Fred felt Amicable. Mm -hmm. It's like your standard divorce. It can be done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, (laughs) anecdotally, (laughs) Amanda, it can be done. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not in this case. Mm. Oh. So until one day in February of 2015, when Stacy was at home cleaning up after the beach themed sixth birthday party for their youngest. Okay, well, oh, I, I love that. So cute, party. right? That's adorbs. Fred had not attended the party but had FaceTimed with the kids throughout the day. All of the guests had left and Stacy was once again home alone with the kids when somebody knocked on their front door. Uh-oh. She opened I it. I hate when people knock. I just I hate she it. She screamed and said, "I didn't order anything." Yeah. <laughs> If somebody knocks, I wait a couple seconds to just hear if I 
to just see misheard. if I hear like a like a thud of like a delivery <laughs> bag being right. dropped. Mm-hmm. But like sometimes delivery people they'll knock and then they'll like wait for you to answer. I'm like, it's 2021. That is Hate not that. a thing anymore. Yeah, just drop Bye-bye. it and go. The only yeah. person I'll accept that from is the cute Jimmy John's guy. <laughs> She looks around she for, looks her husband. for her husband and says yeah. it quietly. Well, because we also had a, our gutters replaced a couple of days ago, and it was just a crew of smoking hot dudes putting up my gutters. <laughs> and I made the mistake of telling Corey that. Mm. And he was like, you don't need to tell me that there's a bunch of hot guys climbing on our roof while I'm not home. <laughs> I think I do need to. Just that. bring them lemonade and a push-up bra. Wouldn't it be worse if I didn't <laughs> disclose my feelings for these strangers? I Wouldn't know. it be worse? It was a it was their their team was a recommendation from a friend of mine and I texted him later and I was like he should he should just rename his company like Hunks Gutters. Get your oh. mind out of the gutter. <laughs> My mind was deep in the gutter. <laughs> really cute. And they Get did your a mind phenomenal out of the job. She keeps she keeps looking for she really because like, it was kind of and a they did a phenomenal. <laughs> I ten out of no 10 leaks would here. Recommend. I there is a leak here. There's a leak. This one leak has nothing to do with the gutters. <laughs> so anyway, somebody knocked on their door. It was not a team of hot gutter repair men. She pornographic wishes. gutters. <laughs> She opened it to find a pair of police officers who informed her that they had come to notify her that they believed her life to be in danger. Okay. A colleague at Cox and Wartman's bleh, law firm. Well, I hate that. Had used Fred's computer and noticed that the search history on it included inquiries about the effects of various poisons, both mm. plant-based and Frog-based. Like a poison dart frog? Yes. Nothing like a frog-based poison. That's not where my mind goes. At all. When I think of poisons to Google. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I've done relatively recently. (laughs) We have a reason to Google these things. Right. It's for work. But mm-hmm. frog wasn't frogs weren't where my mind went. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe he was just working on (gasps) frogbogs.com. This is it. As well as a search for, quote, how to hire a hitman using Bitcoin. Come on, Why people. Why would you fucking Google that? No. Step you one, find, you don't find, Google it. Right. You find your friend who secretly sells the most hardcore drugs and you ask mm-hmm. th- him, because let's be honest. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's what you do. Mm-hmm. So the colleague had immediately called the police to report what they had found. So I feel like that's good. They fa- they saw this search history and they're like, this isn't um, good. Yeah. I would have been like, this is so funny. What are you like? What case are you working on, man? LOL. You know, and like, don't look at my computer mm-hmm. or cell phone or desktop. So at first, what the officers were telling Stacy sounded ludicrous to her. But then something clicked in her head. A couple weeks earlier, a tube of toothpaste had made her ill. Oh, don't like that. There were frogs in it. Frog bogs. (laughs) Upon using the toothpaste, she had felt a burning sensation and spit it out. But she soon developed nausea and a splitting headache. Oh, that's not good. 
one of her children had also used the toothpaste and become sick with the same symptoms. Mm-hmm. Stacy had even told her parents about the toothpaste when they had come to visit soon after the incident, and she asked them to put a small amount on their tongues to see if they felt the same burning sensation, and they had. So, she like, soup so it's fish. legit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Some instinct had told her to hang on to the toothpaste, even though she was not sure exactly what she planned to do with it. Maybe she thought she would, like, report it to the toothpaste company or, Mm -hmm. like, you know, something was clearly fucking wrong with it. Yeah. She now turned it over to the police for testing. And it came back positive for a plant-based poison called anconitum, also known as monk's hood or wolf's bane. Okay. Wolfsbane. Mm-hmm. Poison. Yeah. Poison. We've heard of those poisons. What did she give? Oh, Belladonna. Mm. Yeah. In, um... The Belladonna's in my bag. <laughs> <laughs> I got a hot sauce in my bag. Okay, bye. I got Belladonna in my bag, swag. Swag. Okay, bye. <laughs> okay, I actually want a tote bag that says, I got Belladonna in my bag, swag. <laughs> you could order it from Zazzle. Yeah. Zazzle. Etsy, here I come. Also, Run can either down. of you see pepperoni on the chair? Oh, no, I have my background up. Yeah, well, viewers at home can see pepperoni in the chair behind me, and she's snoozing. Aww. She's so cute, and she loves me. She Shut does. Shut up. She <laughs> does love her auntie. I'm Ken. sorry that just came out, but <laughs> honestly. You shut your whore mouth. But seriously, <laughs> shut your whore mouth. Shut your whore mouth. Lizzie's very jealous of my relationship with Pep. Okay, well, I haven't slept over at Amanda's house yet. Well, technically, Kenyon hadn't slept over yet You know what? I don't want to talk about this right now because I'm going to get inflamed. (laughs) Okay, so the toothpaste, the anconitum. So a dose as small as 20 milliliters of anconitum has the ability to cause death within two to six hours. Ooh, that a, is potent. Mm-hmm, and a larger dose can cause death almost instantaneously. Don't like wow. that. Horrified, though. That's kind of smart. Right? Smart. <laughs> Horrified, Stacy realized that at some point in the weeks leading up to the birthday party, while Fred was acting as if his priority was keeping things amicable for the sake of the kids in their mm-hmm. divorce, he had snuck into her home and poisoned her toothpaste. So he probably was like picking up or dropping off the kids. Maybe mm-hmm. he went to use the bathroom, did it. And then that's why he didn't go back to the birthday party. Right. Because he, he just poisoned his wife. Yeah, because she could have died at any moment. Yeah, he didn't want to be, like, uh, implicated in it. Wow. And the toothpaste, toothpaste, there was a strong chance that the children might use it as well. Yeah. And they fucking did. That's really bad. That's like, really, really bad. Also, just considering the, mo- the, the toothpaste choice, mm-hmm. depending on how he did it then like the strong mint smell mm-hmm. and flavor mm-hmm. would kind of cover up any and totally some, some toothpaste are already tingly yep yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's real it's not like a cup that you would wash or something right yeah yeah can't get that toothpaste back, back in, in the, the tube. tube so stacy filed a restraining order against fred but police still needed more evidence to arrest him for attempted murder He's investigators Investigators began tracking Wartman's activities and set up a sting operation that led him 
that led to him meeting with what he believed to be a hitman at a local gas station mm-hmm. to arrange his ex-wife. But it was a cop, wasn't it? Ex-wife's murder. <laughs> it's always know? a fucking cop. Yeah. I don't think that real hitmen exist. They definitely don't. It's just all cops. Yep. So when he met they with the, exist. when he met with the hitman, <laughs> who was actually an undercover cop wearing a wire, he told him mm. that he had hid the supplies for killing Stacy in a ditch behind her house. So he had it like all prepped. Yep. Okay. He also told the undercover agent that it quote didn't matter if the children were home to witness their mother's murder. Good lord! And the guy was just like, okay. Yeah. Well, the cop is like. Great, you're just incriminating yourself more, wow, dude. Like this is cannot wait to say this at trial. That's so gross. I hate that. And the youngest one is six, so it's not yeah. like they're like infants who aren't going to know what's going on, right? Ugh. Fred Wartman the third was arrested for attempted murder for the toothpaste poisoning, as well as for attempting to hire the hitman, and held on fifteen million dollar bond. But then. While in jail awaiting trial, he attempted for a third time to arrange for Stacy's murder. Dude. Up, dude. <laughs> well, if at first you don't succeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wonder why I chose this case. Mm-hmm. This time he propositioned another inmate telling him that if he could have Stacy killed, he would pay him by telling him how to break into his parents' house which contained sports memorabilia and oh. other valuables. Oh, it, so I'll make just, it worth your while. Isn't he just the worst? He sounds yeah. awful. Yeah, Truly and not even awful. giving up his own property, but no. break into my parents' house. I'll let you house. steal my parents' collection of shit that nobody wants. That's yep. like a, that's a, that's some sociopathy. Mm-hmm. Like, you have no... No regard for no. your, your children's, children's your mental parents. health, mm-hmm. the life of your former wife, or your parents' security, anything like that. Mm-hmm. Ugh. And it's, you're the is, one that cheated. Yeah. You're this the is one like, that caused yeah, the divorce. Just move Some on. serious, like, narcissistic her- personality disorder for sure. Head. Yeah. 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 Ugh. Definitely narcissistic, narcissistic personality. Yeah. This third attempt on Stacy's life was added to Wartman's charges. So, like, either they caught and overheard him saying this to the inmate or the inmate snitched and was like, this, lol, this guy just tried to kill, hire me to kill his wife. Can I, also, can I get, like, bacon in my breakfast? Oh, God. I, I feel like the, like, prison is the worst place to try to solicit this kind of thing because everybody is looking for a deal with the pro- yeah, their right, own prosecutors right. to get out early. For yeah. sure. They're gonna squeal. They're mm-hmm. gonna squeal. And that deal is not sweet enough. A bunch no. of sports memorabilia that they also have to steal. Right. Yeah, they no. still have to break into the family home to nice get it. Nice try. Cute. And murder a woman in front of her kids. Yeah. yeah. It's not... Great. That would cost at least $2 million for me at personally. At least two posters of Michael Jordan. Ah, <laughs> uh, signed. signed. Not signed. <laughs> oh, uh, I guess the podcast is over. We can't talk. <laughs> so he eventually accepted a plea deal that would sentence him to 30 years, but only require him to serve 30% of this time. So he only had to serve 10 years mm. or less than 10. Sure. Meaning that he would be eligible for release as early as 2024. 
well, that's too soon. To try and have her murdered again. Yeah. Three times. At his sentencing and endangering his children with the toothpaste thing. Yeah. I've, oh, I always forget about the toothpaste. And his parents. Yeah. Wow. At his sentencing, he gave a statement which read in part, quote, No apology which I will offer will be sufficient to all who I have disappointed, let down, and hurt. I, I mean, do- that's true. So why even bother? Yeah, exactly. I do apologize to Stacy, the Joneses, my parents, my family. Most of all, I apologize to my three precious children. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh. Who Correct. might have so been precious. collateral damage or, at the very least, irrevocably fucking traumatized by being made to watch their mother's yep. murder. Yup. But sure. Mm. But even with Fred in prison and their divorce now finalized, Stacy soon realized that her horrific ordeal was far from over. Oh, no. Because, again, if at first you don't succeed. Try, try, gone. When he was three years into his 30-year sentence, Wartman... Representing himself. Oh, why do they always do this? I have one of those in my case, too. Again, narcissistic. Mm-hmm. Began initiating a series of lawsuits against Stacy. You gotta be kidding me. Nope. On one such occasion, he tried to get a judge to require that she bring his children to visit him in prison for a Father's Day event. Oh, no. Hey. Uh uh. Stacy eventually succeeded in having his parental custody rights severed, but that did not put an end to the lawsuits. Also, I feel like if you're imprisoned for attempted murder of your, your children's mother, yeah, then your parental custody rights should be automatically severed, right? Yeah, no. no, no, or at no. least you know Fast delayed. Tracked. Yeah. Mm-mm. So he soon filed a motion to require that he still be allowed access to information about his children, such as report cards and medical records. Good God. And also, if somebody fucked up, mm-hmm. potentially address. Yep. Because, like, I think. Yep. Yeah. It's all in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, like, ways to contact them. Like, yep. very how, easy. Yeah, like, how secure could your report card really be? Well, like, medical records are one thing, but if that. If the school is just forwarding, you know, Mm -hmm. their shit. Well, he very easily could call and have enough information there and be like, hey, I'm the father. I, you know, could you, could you just, I want to make sure you have our updated address. Can you tell me what you have on file? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. As a result of these lawsuits, Stacy has been forced to appear in court on five separate occasions, interrupting her life. Yep. To hear Fred's voice over the courtroom speakerphone. As the man went, who tried to murder her. Mm-hmm. Murder, David. <laughs> murder, David. <laughs> her parents and lawyers have also attended additional hearings on her behalf. So she has to pay for lawyers mm-hmm. for these frivolous fucking lawsuits, waste Girl. her goddamn time, be mm-hmm. re-traumatized. Mm-hmm. Fred's harassment of Stacy via lawsuits filed from prison became so bad that it led to the creation of a new state law in 2018 that was aimed at preventing, quote, abusive civil action lawsuits being filed against victims of domestic abuse because this is a form of domestic abuse where they, like, keep trying to just annoy and interrupt and control your life. Can we apply this to Donald Trump? Seriously. Right? We are all in a domestic abuse situation from yeah. Donald Trump. Still. Yeah, because, again, narcissism. hmm 
Meanwhile, Fred was doing everything he could in prison to get his sentence shortened, and it worked. Because of good behavior and work credits, he was granted a parole hearing in 2019, only four years into his supposed 30-year sentence. Hate that. What? Yeah. Hate that. Ugh. Stacy, who had moved out of the house and that they had shared together and had changed her last name and her children's last name back to her maiden name, began fighting to keep Fred in jail. She created a change.org petition urging the Tennessee Parole Board to deny Wartman's parole. It received more than 37,000 signatures. Wow. At Wartman's parole hearing, a prison chaplain, his attorney, and his family all spoke in support of his release. Of course. A chaplain. Yeah, of course. Because he's he's an upper middle class white guy. Mm-hmm. Well, he can, he can behave forgives. well in prison and yeah. he has the resources to like do all this shit. Well, that's the thing. Like the prison chaplain only knows how he's behaving in prison and he's behaving right. in prison in a manipulative way in order to get out early. Yeah, right. and so, he's yeah. chaplain is a Christian so mm-hmm. he believes in redemption mm-hmm. and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. They it shouldn't just, be allowed to testify. That's insane. I just don't understand when when people's victims are so specific mm-hmm. like especially in cases of uh, domestic abuse or intimate partner violence or whatever I don't understand why prison behavior is a factor at all. Because, like, yeah, this is how they're behaving behind bars away from their victim that they are explicitly targeting. Yeah. Of course they're going to be on good behavior. Yeah, I'm Mm -hmm. sure he was on good behavior when he was working at his law firm and when he was sitting on the board of whatever or, like, teaching Little League. Like, that's not the question. Mm -hmm. The question is, did he try to kill his fucking wife? Yeah. Anyway. Spoiler answer is yes, he did. So... All these people, the chaplain, his family, blah, 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 described him as a changed man Mm. who had taken responsibility for his actions and reformed himself in prison. It's been four years Mm -hmm. during which he's been harassing his victim repeatedly the the entire time. His mother said at the hearing that, quote, his actions and his situation do not reflect the person, the true person that he is. His father and I humbly plead to give him mercy and allow him to be the person he truly is. Okay. I'm sure you do. Wartman and him- that's really hard for you. And yeah. I'm so sorry that that's happening. I'm so sorry your son has put you through this. Right. Yeah. But that's yeah. between you, your son, and your God now. Mm-hmm. Wartman himself. Your adult son. Oh. <laughs> it's between <laughs> you, your adult son, and your adult God. God. And your baby infant Jesus God. Mm-hmm. Wartman himself also claimed that he had spent four years reflecting on his actions and that he was a changed man, stating, quote, my weaknesses back then have and continue to chill me to my core. No doubt I was selfish and self-serving in all of my negative choices. Mm-hmm. Stacy was also present at the hearing, coming face to face with her ex-husband and attempted murderer for the first time in four years, because during all the other trials, she was able to yeah, be on a phone or... Yeah. He's out of the room. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She tearfully pleaded with the parole board to keep Wartman in prison, stating, quote, I ask you, please do not grant Fred Wartman parole. I believe I am still the aim and that Fred Wartman wants to eliminate me. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, the board was convinced. It voted to keep Wartman in prison for another seven years before he becomes eligible for, for another hearing. 
One of the board members in an explanation of the decision stated that Fred Wartman is still a very clear threat, not only to his ex-wife, but also to his children. Yes. Yeah. Yes. If Wart- not physically or like right. mortally. At, at least, least psychologically. Yes. Psychologically. And he didn't care about, yeah. I mean, the toothpaste, like he didn't care. Also having a hitman enter your home, it wasn't just them being witnesses. There's a very real potential for them to be caught in the crossfire. Right, yeah, and he and, was pretty clear that he didn't give a shit if they were home yeah. or not. He wasn't trying if, like, to make sure. Yeah, yeah. and what if, like, your, you know, 14-year-old son or whatever decides to, like, try be to hero. protect the family? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wartman's next chance at parole will come in September of 2026. Stacy Jones has stated in interviews that although she still fears for her life if Wartman is released, her main desire is that he stay in prison until all of their children are over 18, so that they will not be forced into a relationship with him yep. against their will. Because of the custody. Because he would Ugh. absolutely, if he got out, he would Ugh. absolutely fight for custody of those kids if they were still minors. I didn't even think about that. Yep. Oh, that'd be so awful. How fucked up is this case? So he's still in prison. He's in prison, but everything just relies on that parole board. For another mm-hmm. five years. Ugh. God. And, I, and the youngest child was six when he went into prison, you said? Six when the crime occurred, so yeah. I don't know when he went into prison. but So six years old when the crime occurred, which was what year? 2014, 2015. Oh, so it's going to be a minute before that kid's 18. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. And I'm not he will confident. absolutely be, I mean, he's not going to serve a full 30-year sentence. No. There's no way. And so she already knows and those kids already know that like they will be dealing with this man out of prison. Oh God. Oh, don't yeah. like that. Don't yeah. Like that. Great. So that is my case. And if you ever cool. see another petition about this man t- to keep him in prison, please sign it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. That Ew. I don't like that. That was, no. I didn't like that. Thank mm-hmm. you, and I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. You're very welcome, and I Great. also it's don't awful. like it. Great. <laughs> well, should we not like it over a sponsor break? Let's do it. Sure. Okay. okay I mean, let's take a break. Are you carrying a credit card balance month after month? Mm-hmm. You're not the only one. High interest. Okay, good. <laughs> high interest rates make it hard to pay off your debt, but Upstart can help. So join thousands of happy borrowers who made that final payment. Woo! Oh, Hallelujah. I, that, those are some beautiful words. Upstart is the fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan all online. So whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high-interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get a simple fixed monthly payment. So unlike other lenders, Upstart looks at more than just your credit score. looks at your income, your employment history. This means they can offer smarter rates with trusted partners. And with a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate upfront for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. Mm-hmm. You can receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. What do you have to lose? Mm-hmm. So find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash gals, G-A-L-S. That's upstart.com slash gals. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know we sent you. And loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash gals. What is good about a thin steak Ooh. or a thin wallet? Mm-mm. 
The answer to these rhetorical questions is nothing. Nothing is good about that. Mm -hmm. So why then is every brand of men's body wash so weak and watered down? Mm -hmm. Any argument for using this crap is pretty thin. Mm. Enter thick. (laughs) A new product from Duke Cannon Supply Company. Thick earns its name by being three times thicker than common body washes. It's the high viscosity alternative to watching your money run down the shower drain. Thick comes in a big ass container that you crack open like a beer and it comes in four distinctly masculine scents that won't leave you smelling like a teenage boy. Thin is out and thick is in. So Duke Cannon hopes you enjoy opening up their American made products and find that they are as functional as they are fun. The Duke Cannon Thick High Viscosity Body Wash comes in four amazing scents, and you can get them for $9 each or all four for just $30. And these are some of the scents that you are going to fall in love with. Bourbon Oak Barrel. It is their latest scent. It's inspired by their favorite place on earth, the Buffalo Trace Distillery. Hello, I'm in Kentucky, close to home. Mm-hmm. This body wash has notes of amber combined with a woodsy oak barrel foundation for a rich scent that smells as good as bourbon tastes. I'm sold. Also, they have naval diplomacy, which is a refreshing ocean scent with notes of fresh water, musk, and bergamot. I do love that one. It smells really good. I love bergamot. There's the classic Old Glory, which is a rich, sophisticated, and classically masculine scent that blends notes of tobacco, cedarwood, and amber. And Uh. lastly, and interestingly, productivity, an invigorating and uplifting combination of peppermint, pine, and eucalyptus scents. Mm. Um, That was really good, too. So if you've had enough of the thin gruel that is your current body wash, (laughs) you want to check out Thick. It's made with plant-based thickeners for superior lather, so you're not going to need that gross loofah anymore. Mm-hmm. Get rid of it. Yeah, it's it's, as it, it's day has passed. <laughs> it's far past its expiration mm-hmm. date. It's got to go. And as an added bonus, when you heft a 17-and-a-half-ounce bottle of thick, you're getting in a light arm workout. So visit DukeCannon.com and use the promo code GALS, G-A-L-S, for 10% off your entire order. Free shipping with orders over $20. And a range of Duke Cannon men's premium products are also available at select Target stores. Oh, fun. So treat your body wash. Treat it. Everyone needs an escape, but those can be a little hard to come by right now. Mm-hmm. So enter Dipsy. Let yourself get lost in a world where good things happen and where your pleasure is the only priority. Mm -hmm. I love this world. Mm -hmm. Tell me more. (laughs) Yeah. Dipsy (laughs) is amazing. It is an audio app full of short, sexy stories that are designed to turn you on. Hello. Each Dipsy audio story features characters that feel like real people and immersive scenarios. So you feel like you're right there with them. Hello. And you can listen to stories about hooking up with a, your hometown crush. That's a good <gasps> one. Um, the one that you never, like, got up the nerve to make the move on. Now you can fantasize oh, about that. Or you did that. and you failed horribly and you need to escape into the fantasy that it didn't go that way. Yep. Is that too specific? Yep. Is there a story there? Maybe. DM me. Was he a drummer? Um, yes. Or <laughs> that co-worker that you always had a little thing for. It's just you and me and Lucy. <laughs> 
So I'm definitely <laughs> maybe going not that for that one. one. I, that was maybe for other people. <laughs> or maybe a story that puts you in bed with someone who's telling you exactly what they'd like to do to your body. Okay. So, Dipsy releases new content every week, so there's always more to explore. You're not going to get bored. And they have stuff, you know, no matter who you're into or what turns you on. It's very inclusive. There's something for everyone. Absolutely, there is. And if you need to wind down, Dipsy also has wellness sessions, sensual bedtime stories. Hello. And soundscapes to help you relax before you drift off. And uh, let's just say Dipsy is really great for bath time. Yep. Okay. 10 out of 10 can recommend. So for listeners of our show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash gals. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash gals G-A-L-S one more time dipsystories.com slash gals and treat your sensuality treat it are you ready for my case? maybe uh, I don't know I'm kind of scarred well <laughs> this won't make it any better great okay. let the you sadness just refill my delicious wine let the sadness consume you. Here we go. So, like I said, I took a it's slightly epitaph. Yeah. Sometimes death is a mercy. <laughs> I took a little bit of a different approach to okay. this topic. So, wrongful convictions mm. are a serious problem in our criminal justice system, especially as we know for black and brown individuals. So, I wanted to highlight a wrongful conviction that fits the topic this week because the man in this case certainly did not succeed in proving his innocence, but did try and try again until the truth won out. Oh, I like that interpretation. Mm -hmm. This part's really dark to go over the crime that this individual was accused of. Okay. Okay. And so I, I don't usually give any kind of warning, but this also includes... This includes rape of both an adult woman and a minor female child. So I'm just going to like try to go through it as quickly as possible so we don't have to linger on this horrible part too long. Yeah, please do. So on July 8th, 1981, three men broke into a home in Tampa, Florida, one of whom was armed with a shotgun. There was a family of five living in the house and they were threatened with the shotgun. They were robbed and... The nightmare did not stop there. The males in the home, the father and two sons, were tied up while the two females, so the 38-year-old mother of the house and her 12-year-old daughter, were kidnapped, forced into the trunk of a car, and driven to a dark, wooded area. The mother was then removed from the trunk and raped by one suspect, while another suspect raped the daughter before then raping the mother. So the mother was raped twice, the daughter was raped once. The mother testified in court that the first suspect did not ejaculate, but the second suspect did. So the second suspect, who had allegedly raped both victims, did ejaculate, while the first did not. That only matters because of DNA evidence. Right. Okay. The third suspect in this home invasion and kidnapping stayed in the car. He was the driver, and he stayed there likely as a lookout and did not assault either victim sexually. This is... 81, okay. Once the suspects were finished, they tied the mother and daughter to a tree and drove away. The mother and daughter were able to free themselves and walk to a house nearby to contact the police. 
Can you even imagine anything more horrific? Not I really. honestly can't. I can't. I, yeah. I don't I think don't I can wanna, either. I don't even want to consider it. It's all, I mean, this is like every nightmare. It's like yeah. home invasion at gunpoint, kidnapping, kidnapping with sexual children. assault. Yep. Of of both, yeah, of minors and adults. It's just like... And then being tied up in the woods. And just left. And just left uh, there. It's so scary. I mean, I... Uh, Thank God they weren't shot and killed. Not that, yeah, not that like, like silver linings are a thing here necessarily, one. but... They survived. They, they could have just as easily been killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a miracle that they were. It really is actually a miracle. But, you know, it's like that... I know we joke that sometimes death is a mercy and I would never wish death, but they survived, yes, but to face a lifetime of recovering from this trauma. Mm. So, I mean, that silver lining, it's just, it's so tough to be like, well, look on the bright side, you lived. It's like, yeah, I lived, but now I have to fucking live with this for the rest of my fucking life. I'm also like coloring through my anxiety about this case. Just so you know. I got you. I'm not being... Just insensitive no, or disrespectful. Know. This is how I'm calming down. It's how hard to hear it. how you're coping. It is hard to hear it. It's just so horrific. I just don't understand how people can fucking do this. I don't either. I don't I'm, either. Like, I just picture, like, oh, that mom who just mm-hmm. is, like, experiencing this horrific trauma. And I'm Alongside sure all she cares her about. Child. And yeah, watching exactly. her child. Ugh. Yeah. And just trying to figure out how to protect her kid. Oh, mm-hmm. God. It's so sick. So the mother and daughter were, like I said, able to free themselves and walk to a house in the area to contact the police. They were picked up and taken to the hospital to be treated for their injuries as well as have evidence collected from both of them. So a rape kit was performed on both of these victims. Back at their house, the three male victims were able to get free of their ties as well. Fortunately, two of these victims got sight of the plate number of the wow. vehicle as the car drove away with their family members inside. And they even hopped into their own car and tried to follow after them. Like they got out of their ties pretty quickly. Wow. But they were like far enough behind that they did like the perps lost them in yeah. this car chase. Wow. That's also, I mean, the bravery that that Heroic. would take. Yeah. 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 So after having lost sight of the car, they went to the police to report the robbery and kidnapping and they, you know, gave them the license plate number. So with the license plate in hand, police had a very good start to this investigation. The police returned information for a resident of St. Petersburg, Florida. When the mother and her daughter were shown a photo of the owner of the car, though, they were not able to confirm confidently his identity or in that like same photo lineup. They didn't take them anywhere to make them look at these individuals, which I think is a mercy. But they kept showing them pictures and they weren't able to confirm any of the photos that they were shown that first day. So more photos were presented to them the next day, but this time without the photos of the vehicle's owner because investigators had concluded that the owner of the car was incarcerated at the time of the crime, and therefore the car must have been borrowed. Okay. So two of the suspect photos presented to the victims the second day were of men named Douglas James and Alan Krautzer, or Krautzer. The mother identified both men as the suspects in question, with one of the other victims corroborating the identification of Douglas James. The third suspect was identified as Douglas's brother, Corlenzo James. So the three men that have been identified now are Alan, Douglas, and Corlenzo, and Douglas and Corlenzo are brothers. Alan was implicated as the suspect who raped both female victims, Corlenzo as the suspect who raped the, the mother, and Douglas as the driver who had borrowed the car. So not to 
to ha- hammer this home, but Alan was the one who left his DNA in mm-hmm. the victims. Correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm reading this, I may have gotten it mixed up, may have gotten Corlenzo and Douglas mixed up, the brothers. It might have been Douglas Corlenzo the- who was driving and Douglas who was the other rapist. It's not the case is about Alan, so I'm it's not obviously it's relevant to the case, but not for like the purposes of my description of it. And I apologize if I did get that mixed up. It's possible that I did. And I think I'm going to discover where I fucked up in like two more paragraphs. So we will get to it. So DNA evaluation of the rape kits indicated that semen collected from the victims matched Alan Kreutzer. But this was actually a very misleading bit of testimony in court. So in court, they're saying, like, we've got the DNA. The DNA indicates that it's him. Okay. I'm going to quote the Innocence Project here because I'm not going to be able to explain this properly, and they uh, always nail it. So I'm just going to let them explain this. Quote, a lab analyst testified at trial that the blood group markers of semen from the crime scene matched the markers of both Alan Kreutzer and the victim. When the evidence being tested is a mixed stain of semen from the perpetrator and vaginal secretions from the victim and testing does not detect blood group substance or enzymes foreign to the victim, no potential semen donor can be excluded because the victim's blood group markers could be masking the perpetrators. Under such circumstances, the failure to inform the jury that 100% of the male population could be included and that no one can be excluded is highly misleading. Oh, saying it's a match is useless. It's a match, but also every man with semen could be a potential match in this case. So, But it, but they're saying it's not even a matter of it being a match. It's mm-hmm. just that everyone else has been excluded. Correct. Well, no. No, they're saying there it are. It could be anyone. They're saying it could be anyone's semen. That it's it's so unknown, and there are. The, but I mean, the, but I mean, in theory, in theory, when it comes to DNA, it's not a, it's not a match. It's just that everyone else has been excluded. Right? Correct, but no, okay. correct, normal, but yes. If, if this were yeah. properly, when using DNA evidence, that is what you want to show mm-hmm. is that it excludes other possibilities, but. This didn't do that. This was a combination of DNA from and both. And it's also early days, so it's just blood yes. group matching. Correct. Yes. So yep. it's a combination of DNA from both the assailant and the victim, and they are not able to conclusively match it, quote unquote, to Alan, because there are markers that could match it to any man on the planet, is basically what this is saying. I get that. So this misleading DNA evidence coupled with hairs that were collected Mm -hmm. that, quote, could have come from Alan Kreutzer and Corlenzo James. So it is it was Douglas who was the driver. But they're just hairs. Yep. Made a huge impact on the jury, regardless of how loose the science actually was. Mm -hmm. And one more time, I'm going to quote the Innocence Project. And I know that we've actually talked about this before in previous episodes that focus on DNA, how it is not a smoking gun unless it like is a smoking gun. And it's actually super rare that it is a hundred percent a smoking gun, and this yeah. far back in yeah, time, and exactly. And we'll get to it. Mm. So, regarding the hair, the Innocence Project states, "quote 
Because there is not adequate empirical data on the frequency of various class characteristics in human hair, an analyst's assertion that hairs are consistent or similar is inherently prejudicial and lacks probative value, Mm -hmm. uh, end quote. So I would venture a guess that this was hair analysis without the root, which, as we know, is where the DNA is located. So they couldn't even confirm the DNA in these hairs. at that time, yeah. It would be like, the hair is from a brown-haired individual. Exactly. They, like, analyzed side-by-side samples taken from Alan and Corlenzo and were like, yep, it could be theirs. A a white person or a black person. Correct. It's not not even, like, I guess it might be, like, male or female, but it's not, like, that is... Corlenzo's hair. Right. I don't even so think it, they can do male or female without the root. I don't think they could either. So this evidence, coupled with positive IDs by the victims, was plenty to convict. Mm-hmm. And I'll, also, these are individuals of color, so mm-hmm. there's that added layer. Mm-hmm. So Corlenzo had pled guilty to the robbery and burglary charges, while Allen maintained his innocence. Okay, so yes, I did get Corlenzo and Douglas mixed up. Corlenzo was just the driver, and that's why they were testing his hair to like place him in the car. Okay, Douglas, okay. Douglas is the individual rapist. who raped the the mother in this case. So Douglas represented himself and built a case that the older victim who he had raped had actually consented to the act. He was trying to build a consent oh, case. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I know. Obviously, it didn't work. Representing yourself. Right? Y'all, just, I can't. The audacity of this, Douglas. Uh, Yeah. Harry Potter and. God damn it. While Alan continued to testify that he was not even there on the night in question and had no knowledge of these crimes until he had been arrested, he also provided an alibi that had, like, four corroborating individuals because he was with his girlfriend that night. Mm. He And the two of them spent time together with members of her family. Okay. But, I mean, I could see how in court there could be They'd be like, well, his girlfriend's that. lying. Yeah, they're protecting they're, him. Right, right. There's no, like, CCTV that can put him at a gas station or whatever. Right. It's just that's not that's but at not least ironclad. her family, there would be less... Right. Likely that they would lie to protect him. But. I agree. So that spotty DNA evidence was still very compelling. So all three suspects were found guilty of all charges, and Allen was sentenced to 130 years in prison for sexual battery, kidnapping, aggravated assault, burglary, robbery, and attempted robbery. Which, like... Is that di- all? Which, like, if you did it, yeah. good. That's yeah, what you... It was a horrific crime correct the charges the charges are the right charges oh but but he didn't they didn't have the right guy so in april of 1982 allen began his sentence and his long road to exoneration allen and his legal team knew that the key to his release would be in the dna they fought for 24 years to even just get access to the DNA evidence in order to have it retested by multiple outside labs. How is that possible? Like, shouldn't that be a part of a person's legal defense that they have access to all the evidence? Yep, it's supposed to be. Should be. But the DNA had originally been tested only by the Florida Department of Law Enforcement Forensic Lab, found to be a quote-unquote match, and then locked away. So after years of motions filed and the evolution of DNA testing technology, even the prosecution agreed that the DNA should be retested because of 
the leaps and bounds that mm-hmm. had been made. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that like late '90s, early mid 2000s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big actually. big time for DNA. Oh yeah, technology. So finally, it was retested, and the DNA was sent to three separate labs that were agreed upon by both parties. And lo and behold, the new testing supported what Alan had been saying since the very beginning. Quote, the spermatozoa found on a slide recovered from the rape kit of the adult female rape victim came from an unknown male. It could not have come from Alan Crotzer, either of the James brothers or the victim's husband. So from so convi- they got they got all three of them wrong. So well, they weren't involved at all. This is where I'm a little confused. Uh-huh. This is only on the the, the female victim and the, the could, other one, they didn't have DNA to test. DNA to test. And because only one one rapist ejaculated. Oh. So the they only could have used the sperm evidence to implicate one of these individuals. And they tried to lay it all on Alan, who was had the finger pointed at him as the one who raped both the mother and the daughter. The other individual... Douglas, who did commit rape, he didn't he didn't ejaculate. So there was no sperm to collect. But and there we but how do we know that the James brothers were involved? Well, they did confess. Okay. Like well, they did as, end up pleading guilty. And we'll we'll kind of get to that too. Okay. So the the sperm that they were trying to say, the only one who you know, mm-hmm. who ejaculated was Alan. That's the only sperm they had. And then that sperm actually doesn't match anybody that was at the scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is from convictingtheinnocent.com. Quote, victim and Kreutzer were both O secretors and were PGM-1. Swabs also exhibited blood group substances consistent with type O and PGM-1. So those could have come from either of them because both of him and the victim had those mm-hmm. identifiers. Mm-hmm. Oh, the an- secretor. This, this, this being a secretor though a- automatically narrows down that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Uh, the yeah, I yeah. guess. I mean, I don't know. Don't ask me to. Know no, we what talked. We talked means. about being a secretor, which mm-hmm. means that like, but if your the victim uh, is also a secretor and the sample the is mixed between ejaculate and vaginal Correct. fluid, I, I think being a secretor means that your DNA is not only in the classic DNA, like places like the root of the hair and like actual blood but your dna your dna profile actually shows up in like semen blood like pee like all that stuff i have no like, i don't know i know we've, we've, we've talked we've, about we've it talked but i don't about know. i mean and i mean before i mean sure but for the for the sake of what we're going over here the important part is that both the victim and whoever left the the semen had these indicators and the samples were mixed because okay. of how they were extracted in the rape kit. So okay. regardless, and they knew this in the first trial, and they just glossed over that. Mm-hmm. So like either way, they could not have possibly from that sample said, yep, this Definitely is Alan. Him. It can't be anybody else. It's Alan. And they knew that all along. So mm-hmm. like that was just fucked up. This continues on to say swabs also exhibited blood group substances consistent with, consistent with type O PGM-1. The, the analyst testified Quote, I can only say it was either from a non-secretor or person of ABO type O secretor PGM type 1. Which I don't know. So either means. it was from a non-secretor or so a blank canvas mm-hmm. or most, somebody. Most, most people are non-secretors. 
Yeah, somebody who matched the victim in both of these things. Right, and she's, uh, whoever this analyst said, which constitute 38.4% of the total population. So that's a lot of fucking people that mm-hmm. it could have been. Okay. Dividing that figure by two, she testifies that only, quote, approximately 19% of males could have contributed. Not only was that division false, but more fundamental were the substances found were entirely consistent with the victim. They could all have originated from the victim. Any male could have been the donor. And then it just goes on to say, see part 2A.1 for a description of the problem of masking and non-quantification and discussion of similar cases. Analysts testified that hair could have, quote unquote, originated from the defendant. So this analyst, who was the only person they had testify. Made it really, was really misleading. Was really fucking misleading. Yeah. Obviously, all of this is really compelling to exonerate Allen. But what's even more compelling is the eventual confession of the James brothers that they had thrown Allen under the bus and they didn't even know him until he was accused in 1982. They had never met him until they met him in court. (gasps) They just picked a random. No, he Allen. No, Allen was picked up by police because he was like, police were like, do you know this man? And they were identified in like a photo. I just drove. Oh, God. Yep. So Allen's conviction was officially overturned in January of 2006, and he walked free after 24 years of imprisonment. Oh, my God. But Florida investigators were not, like, you know, happy about this. So he became a target. I forgot the topic of this episode, and I was Mm -hmm. already mad, but now I'm about to be way more (laughs) mad. About to be way more mad. Mm-hmm. Oh, so no. Alan moved to Tallahassee shortly after his release with the hopes of starting a new life. He got married. He had a child and tried to live quietly minding his own business. But as we know, this is an almost impossible feat for people of color. And in 2010 around, there was like a couple of different reports that had it just circa this time frame. Mm-hmm. So I'm not 100 percent sure. Alan was arrested for possession of a controlled substance commonly referred to as Flaca. It's basically a synthetic stimulant that's essentially bath salts. They have like yeah, a slightly different that. chemical mm-hmm. yeah. differences, but they are basically identical in terms of effects. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like synthetic meth. Yeah. He served a brief sentence in jail and was released on probation with an enforced curfew included. And then like basically the curfew was like super exploited and he just kept getting like picked up over and over again for just dumb shit for like, which I had, I previously had an employee who was on probation and a lot of probation does come with a curfew. And this employee wore an ankle bracelet. So he was also tracked. And when he was at work, we was, we were working in the restaurant industry. You can't always know exactly when you're going to be done. Mm -hmm. So all, all he had to do was come to me or whatever manager was Mm -hmm. on and be like, Hey, can you check in with my probation officer and confirm that I'm still here and that my, you know, I'm going to be delayed. And like, any we did it any time mm-hmm. that he needed that at work so i it's just like there are ways if you're out after curfew a lot of the time it's because you need to grab groceries mm-hmm. you're working late like mm-hmm. it's just such an exploitative addition to the probation system that it's just also sets like you know to you, fail you, a lot ha- of times you have to take public transportation exactly or like, and that whatever. can get it's delayed like a, it's a socioeconomic class sort of yeah. situation that just exacerbates your yeah. It's just so frustrating. Yeah, your accusations. Yes, mm-hmm. it's it's really fucked up. Yeah, and then in 2012, he was charged with attempted murder 
when a man named Antoine Davis alleged that Allen followed into his car and opened fire on him during a car chase down Appalachie Parkway in Florida. Allen, however, maintains that Antoine fired a shot at him and he simply stood his ground in compliance with Florida state law. Allen was also legally allowed to carry a firearm because he had been exonerated in the previous case and had a valid conceal and carry permit at the time of this incident. And the the possession charge was it was like not felony possession. So he didn't have to relinquish his weapon or his. his it's funny how like your rights are somehow magically relinquished mm-hmm. if you have been previously convicted of some sort of charge whether whether or well, not I mean I think I think for some things that's good I don't have a problem with that in in like gun laws for a yeah. lot of the I'm just making it clear no that but I mean in this case like he already had like the he was already under the suspicion of police mm-hmm. so at this point he was defending himself right well and, but he, he was he I was mean? defending it's himself a- legally I'm I'm just clarifying that because it was confusing to me. And my my point is not just about like gun possession at all. It's mm-hmm. just about like the violations piling up and up oh, and for up sure. and up and up. Right, for people but this, who can't, you know. Right, but this was not a violation. That's what that's the only reason I bring it up is that he he was legally carrying his firearm. He did not have that right taken from him. And but he there did, was a kerfuffle, and there, he was, there a was a kerfuffle. Shots yeah. were fired, and Allen did not break any laws. Yeah, basically. and although we know he didn't commit the crime that he was in prison for for so long, he was already under the police's radar before that crime, which is why suspicion Correct. was trained on him yeah. and why yep, he for was petty offenses. It's right, piling exactly. up. This it whole is. Right. thing is a piling up. Oh yeah, he'd been and, dogged for most of his adult life. Yeah, and he, yeah, it's also possible that like he was the victim of this, of of being, you know, in, falsely imprisoned, but also, like, also had committed some other minor oh, crimes. Oh, sure. And, like, and, was and, I mean, getting he in did. trouble. He, you know what I mean? Did. Like He, he got arrested for drug possession. A, like, Yeah, a perfect individual. No, but you don't have to be a perfect individual right. to be, like, respected by the justice system. No, I know. I'm you just know? saying. I know you know. I'm just reiterating that that's, like, why yeah. I bring that up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in this like shootout situation, ballistics evidence supported Allen's description of events showing that Antoine had fired several shots at Allen's mm-hmm. car, leaving at least one bullet lodged in the driver's side door. Mm-hmm. And at, there was only like one shot or one casing mm-hmm. that matched Allen's firearm, which he had legally and Antoine did not have his firearm. Legally. Uh-huh. So the charges Very against Allen... Very ballsy to accuse somebody else of murder when you fired your weapon that you are not legally allowed to have. Right. Well, attempted murder, yeah. but yes, correct. So the charges against Allen were eventually dropped because the prosecution, quote, did not believe there will be sufficient evidence at trial to create a reasonable likelihood of conviction. One bright side to this charge of the attempted murder is that Allen was arrested on these charges and held while he, like... Because he had... It was either, like, sit in jail... Or you had to pay $100,000 in bail. And I think he did eventually pay bail, but he was in jail for a... a well, a, you only have to pay a fraction of the, your bail. Right, mm-hmm. but still, that's... Still $10,000. a lot. It's a lot of fucking money. Regardless of what the bail was set at, he was being held, and then he was released on bail with a stipulation in his release that he be monitored with a GPS device if he's going to be out on bail. So... When Antoine Davis, the guy who was like, this guy shot at me, he tried to kill me, was actually shot and killed like a couple weeks later, the device <laughs> that was on 
Alan's ankle served as an alibi and kept the finger from being pointed at him well, once again. Well, thank God. Right? Because if like, he had Like, for once. Yeah, for once it came through. Because it totally would have come back on him. Right, absolutely. If he hadn't been wearing that yeah, ankle bracelet. He would have been suspect number one. Exactly. And his <laughs> so, lawyer- And, and potentially falsely imprisoned a second again, time. Again. I know. Yeah. It's, it's just like- this uh, poor guy can't catch a break. His lawyer said, quote, as it turns out, that may have been a fortunate condition because when the alleged victim was murdered, it was clear that it could not have been Alan Kratzer because the GPS showed that he was nowhere near that occurrence. Otherwise, I don't know what the outcome of his case would have been. I do. It would have exactly. been another life imprisonment, whatever. Uh, Seriously, he already, Jesus. yeah, it's just the worst. So I want to just like move to an island. I know. And like, an island not- called Mars. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. this no- happens a lot. It's a constant. Lot. It's constant. Yeah. So Alan continues to try and rebuild his life, feeling like the justice system is trying to make him out to be someone that he isn't. He stated in a 2015 press conference that he wasn't, quote, that monster they keep trying to make me out to be. I'm not going to be that monster, he said. I'm trying to do the right thing. For years, Allen has said he's felt like police and prosecutors have targeted him since his release from state prison. Quote, I've been told by several people, don't even jaywalk. Don't spit on the sidewalk. He's a really easy target. Yeah. Here's hoping that he is just being left the fuck alone and getting to just live his life. He did get a settlement from the state after his wrongful conviction. So he was awarded $1.25 million as compensation for that wrongful conviction, which included a $250,000 lump sum payment and then $6,700 a month for 20 years so that he's like collecting income. Set up, yeah. And it should be, I think those settlements are not taxed if they come from the state for a situation like this, but I don't remember uh, how that works. It would they make, shouldn't be. They shouldn't be. It would but make it also sense would not they, shock me if they were no, because and this also, whole country is garbage. Yeah. Okay, so his he had a one point two five million dollar mm-hmm. settlement. Yep, and that that is paid through the yep. two hundred fifty yeah. dollars. Yep. Lump. So for the first okay. thing he got was that lump sum of two hundred fifty okay. grand, and then after that he gets basically a salary of sixty seven hundred dollars a month. I mean, it wouldn't shock me if they did tax it. Because they might. I, I, I feel like we've sons of bitches. I feel like we've speculated about this before and got really mad at the answer. So I don't want to look it up again. I'm like Let's scared. assume yes, because that's Fuck. probably a yes. But yeah. Fuck. But also, I mean, that's a yeah. Uh, yes. Hopefully he's set up and I. God, that's a lot of time wasted. Mm-hmm. I mean, the it's, least that's the least the state could do. I guess it's a quarter is, of your it's a quarter of a life. Yes, and then followed by several more years of being basically <laughs> exploited at every opportunity and wrongfully. It's more than the of amount of time shit. that we've known each other. Yeah, he was in and, prison for a crime he did not commit. A horrific. Uh-huh crime uh-huh. against and a woman and a child which uh-huh. like couldn't have made his life in prison very easy oh uh-huh. god mm-hmm. no oh it's so sad and so scary. and again just being the person that, that the person who did it like i mean still i guess out the, there right i mean the james brothers confessed so hopefully they did it i and think they did end up we just don't know like the driver or something i think they did end up getting the third individual oh, okay i just only focused on Alan for this case, so I didn't go down that rabbit hole because I was already at like three pages, but I'm pretty sure they ended up getting the right person because it's obviously someone that the fucking James brothers knew. 
and they were just protecting their friend or like, yeah, trying to put the majority of the fucking of the shit up a stranger's life on a stranger Somebody out of I mean, the clear blue sky. That detail that they did not even know him and had never seen him until the day Which they were in court. Which means that the police suggested him to them. Right. Which is not a proper investigation fucking technique to be like, well, d- was it this guy was it him? to the, the other suspect? Because they identified this guy. This they said guy? this guy was with you. Yeah. What the fuck? It's, it's so fucked up. And you, mm. I mean, you know, it probably happened. I mean, not probably. You know, it happens every day. I mean, day. we know how th- it goes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Anyway, nice. that is um, a case. Well done. I'm, I actually like that all three of us kind of took a different tack. I did too. This is kind of an all over the place episode, it's but like I really like it. It's an all over the place episode. It's a hodgepodge. It's a gal's pick hodgepodge. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you to our fan sponsor, mm. Kristen Aponic. Aponic. If you happen to ponic a pronunciation guide for your <laughs> name, send it our way. Yes. <laughs> And we will talk to you next week. Yes, we'll see we you love next you. week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kala Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Editing by Jonathan Camp. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have questions, answers, or recommendations to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It is the best way to spread the word. If you'd like to show your support and get a shout out on air, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers!